Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined today by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're looking ahead to the sixth weekend of college baseball. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, baseball's over, right? We're done. We we had the best game of all time, the World Baseball Classic final. It's just, let's put a bow on it. Baseball's done. No more baseball for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's pretty nice. We don't have to talk yeah. anymore about anything. I don't have to be wrong about my picks anymore. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it was, I, we're a college baseball podcast, but like, it was pretty cool. Like, that, I, I think it goes without saying that like, like the like, what, like 97% of TVs that were on in Japan watched the World Baseball Classic yeah. final. Like, you know, there's just like, there's a lot of excitement internationally for baseball. And that's good for what we do, right? For sure. I, I, uh, I saw that, that stat. I mean, I think I saw the same thing that you did, but like 62 million Japanese people watched like this, the semifinal, I think, versus Mexico, which surpasses the highest, the most watched like NLB World Series game ever, which is in the 80s. Yeah. That, it's... And that's just in Japan. Like this, that had the chance to be the most watched baseball game of all time. Yeah. I, I saw some, some online rumblings, uh, kind of jokes about how, we, we want to go back to a, an old school World Series that's actually a World Series and just like put it in Hawaii yeah. and just like have like oh. University of Hawaii Stadium and just like do it like inter-Pacific, like <laughs> Japan versus the like Astros or whatever it is, you know, the World Series champion versus the Japan Series champion. And I, I would watch that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would. I would watch a lot of that. Yeah, unless it was the Astros, you know, because we're both Rangers fans. So yeah, you can't watch that. Sadly, I just um, I thought I thought that I mean, obviously, the narratives and all the storylines are, are out there. Otani, the best two way player, best like one of the best at each things that he does versus uh, Mike Trout in the like three two two outs down by one in the top of the ninth of the World Baseball Classic final and yeah. their teammates. That's really cool. But they're on they're on such a crappy cool. team. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> like the, the most Angels... exciting games of their career right there. Yeah, like the Angels are so bad, but they have two of the best players to play the game. It's crazy. Hey, Kyle, if Otani went to college, where do you think he would go to college? Like, I'm thinking something West Coast, just, you know, close to home. Like, I feel like UCLA. This feels like such a, he feels like such a UCLA guy to me. Yeah, that that does seem that or Stanford or Washington or something like just somewhere West Coast. Yeah. If you could only have his arm or only have his bat in college, which one would you rather have? I think I'd rather have a good, consistent Upper nineties fastball arm, in, in upper nineties low one hundreds. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think I'd rather have that as um, on a college baseball team because you can find bats anywhere. But if you can have some guy that can have a foot and a half break on on a on a breaking ball, like oh, that's good enough. That'll yeah, play in college. eighty-seven mile an hour slider to strike out Trout had was it like nineteen inches of horizontal break on it? Pretty ridiculous. I was yeah. inclined to think of pitcher too because I I just like I don't think any college team could scrounge more than maybe like a run against him if that you know and like guaranteeing you, yourself to win like what, a third to a, qu- a quarter or third of your games feels like a pretty nice thing to be able to do but like it still feels like if you had just Otani's arm you could lose the College World Series like he can't pitch it's every true. game in the College World Series for you. And so then I started thinking about his hit tool more and thinking like, yeah, if you have a guy, he would probably bat like what, like 
450, 500 mm-hmm. in college. I don't know. I'm trying. It's like it's so hard to like make that comparison, but just like the stuff isn't there. He probably get walked a lot, actually. You know what? That's why I- I'm gonna say arm because I think he just wouldn't be pitched to in college. Yeah, I- and I think the I mean the thing is like even the best pitchers, like I mean, or even the best hitters still get out 70 percent of the time, 60 percent of the time, maybe for him. But like, yeah, so uh, yeah, and you need his arm, and maybe he's strong enough and. Uh, stable enough I guess he can go every four days if he needs to instead of just Friday night yeah especially if you like you know have him pitch like six innings and when he puts up six zeros or whatever and then maybe you put in a couple of your bullpen guys hopefully at that point you already have a lead you know like use him a little bit smartly yeah that's that's good enough I think that's I think that's uh that's enough for me for just his just his arm <laughs> that'll that'll play imagine if Arkansas had him in 2018 Oh, would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Let's head over to our top story. Our top story today is the Florida Gators. And the Florida Gators once again knocked off one of their key rivals, Florida State, in the midweek on Tuesday night. Florida beat Florida State by a score of 9-5. to five. It was a little bit of a come-from-behind victory. Florida State got up to a 5-1 lead in the fourth, and then Florida chipped away at it in the fifth, sixth, and seventh with a run apiece before going ahead in the eighth with a five-run frame. And any one midweek win is not particularly notable, but Kyle, you did a little bit of research. Florida does really well against their rivals. Yeah. Florida has won 20 of the last 24 games over Florida State. Uh, and they've also had a, had similar success over Miami. I, I looked at like the total history, and Miami still led the series by like a few games. But just in Kevin O'Sullivan's 18-year tenure, they are, uh, Florida is 39 and 17 versus Miami. That's I think that's a full season. That's 56 games. So that's a that's pretty good complete season domination from 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 the state school of Florida hosted in Gainesville. I feel like Kevin O'Sullivan might be one of the most underrated coaches in college baseball. And I think that's only just because he like hasn't like it's been like five years really since Florida was like super, super consistently good. Like I, they made like half of the College World Series in the 2010s. Right. Something like that. Right. I think they made yeah. like 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 Florida is is a juggernaut in its own right. Um, and I think one of the things that keeps you keeps you employed is when you dominate your rivals. And in the battle for the state of Florida, the Gators are clearly superior to Florida State and Miami. But uh, Florida is doing all of this without Wyatt Langford. He still is suffering his uh, bruised lower body. Lower body. <laughs> I think he's going to be out for a few more weeks. Uh, it's interesting to see Cags batting without the same protection. He's been fairly successful. The Florida offense has still been really good at, and able to put up quite a few runs on a reasonably strong Florida State pitching team last night. Let's head over to 10 picks in five minutes, Kyle. We are deep in conference play. We have giving each other five series off the air. We have five minutes total to pick them. So we'll get 30 seconds a piece to pick these series live on the air. There's there's some honorable mentions here that we're going to have to touch base on a little bit after this because there are so many good series this weekend. We still have a couple of really interesting non-conference series. A lot of the Northeast conferences haven't quite started their full-blown conference play, which is personally for me kind of frustrating because 
when I'm looking at postseason, like conference record plays a big role in that. And some of these teams don't actually play conference games for a while still. But yeah. that's fine. We get cool non-con matchups like Rutgers versus UConn, which actually kind of feels like it should be a conference matchup in some ways. It, it kind of does. Yeah. I thought you were just being selfish for games that you wanted to go to up in the, the Northeast where you live. No, just thinking about the Big East. I don't think they start for like two more weeks after this. So it's like three weeks until the Big East plays a conference game. Huh. But that's crazy. Five minutes on the clock, you'll get buzzed after 30 seconds. You were first to give me a series. Let's get the ball rolling. All right. You can pick what I think is the most intriguing series of the weekend. You can pick Florida at Ole Miss. I'm going Gators in this one. This is at Ole Miss. Swayze is not an easy place to win, so that definitely factored into my decision. It's kind of a no-brainer if this one's in Gainesville. Uh, mm-hmm. Ole Miss is pitching both starters and bullpen has been a little bit weak as of late. They got exposed last weekend against Vanderbilt. I think that Florida and Vanderbilt have at least somewhat similar, if if not maybe Florida's better pitching um, when it comes to the starting pitching, not necessarily the bullpen, but the starters at Florida definitely are better. So I'm going to take the Gators in this one to win on the road. Maryland at UCF. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I was going through both of their schedules. Maryland has played... Um, Seven of their games on the road. They're they're pretty good on the road. They're not actually that good against uh, quad one teams, which you're not supposed to be. They're one and five. Um, and then UCF is eleven and five at home. Their series that they've actually like, they've won like the surprise series against Clemson was on the road. Uh, they don't do as well at home. So I, I think I think I'm going to go with Maryland here. Um, the pitching staff for Maryland is left a little bit to be desired, but um, their Friday night guy is not really Sava cooling off enough. So, I used uh, that pun a few weeks ago <laughs> on the podcast. That's the same pun. It's it's a little different. <laughs> um, all right. Next for you, where'd that go? Is uh, Illinois at Nebraska. I like this one. We get Big Ten play going. And this is a really interesting one. Uh, both of these teams are running a little bit under the radar, maybe in some ways. Illinois less so with their earlier win this season against Southern Miss on the road. We actually have them ranked at 26, so just knocking on the door of the top 25. I'm going Illinois in this one, but uh, I am going to put the Illini on upset alert here because I think that Nebraska will give them a run for their money in this series. How about some Big 12 play? I'm going to give you Texas Tech traveling to Texas. Yeah, um, this is Texas Tech's first true road games of the year. They had those that three neutral sites in, in Houston. Um I, I feel like I'm going tech here. They they have the pitching for me and they have the offense. Gavin Cash, Texas transfer, has been on a bit of a tear lately. Austin Green, Dylan Carter, Kevin Bazell, they're all batting over 300 and some of them over 400. Texas has won 11 games in a row, but the RPI, average RPI of those teams is 192. I, I just don't see, I don't know, I, I don't see it enough yet on offense for them. So give me tech on the road. For you, you will get um, Lone Star State rival of one of those teams, Texas A&M traveling to Tennessee. Yeah, two teams coming off series losses, which is kind of uh, makes this series even more important for these two teams. A&M lost a home series to LSU. No shame there. They were able to get a game in that one. Tennessee went to Missouri. We talked about it on Monday's podcast. They got swept, but there was that weird seven inning doubleheader. Uh, I expect Tennessee's pitching to bounce back. The chases won't be as bad as they were against Mizzou. I think the chases alone probably are enough to give Tennessee this series. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Aggies win a game in this one, though, but give me the volunteers. 
ACC play, we got number 15, Miami, traveling to number two, Wake Forest. Yeah, uh, this is this felt like a no-brainer when I was looking at it. Wake's, Wake's uh, pitching staff is number one in ERA, FIP, uh, WHIP, and strikeouts per nine. So they're just good at everything that it, it involves pitching. Uh, and but Miami's offense is is what's um, giving me a little bit of uh, pause for that. So I, I think I'm going with the home team here that that has the better pitching staff. So yeah, go ahead and give me Wake Forest here, just under the radar, under the under the bell. <laughs> um, I had to just pause, hold that for a little bit. Um, for you, <laughs> yeah, I'll keep dinging you until you stop talking. <laughs> you can take Georgia Southern at Southern Miss. Uh, yeah, I like this one. Some Sunbelt action. I'm going Southern Miss here. Give me the home team in this one. Georgia Southern has had a little bit of an up and down year. I think last I checked, they're sitting at something like 10 and 10. It's a little bit of a coin flip team, but they have had a fairly tough strength of schedule. So no shame in that 10 and 10 record. Southern Miss, since getting lit up like, by Illinois, even though Southern Miss just lost that series to Texas State, they pitched pretty well in it. I think pitching in the friendly confines and Hattiesburg is enough for Southern Miss to win this series. Rutgers, UConn, speaking of what feels like should be a, a conference series, uh, who you got in this one, Kyle? I went with UConn. Um, Rutgers has been confusing for me. Late, for, for me. Uh, I Some good wins for Rutgers. So, so, yeah, some good wins, and then they've played a lot of their games on the road. I think they've played 14 other 19 games on the road, and this is just keeping up with that. This is a little bit closer to home, though. Um, since that weird series sweep by UNC Greensboro, they've done well, uh, especially offensively. I just, I don't know if I can put the, put the faith in, uh, in Rutgers after, after UConn just won a road series at San Diego state three out of four games. Um, you can take Texas state at coastal Carolina. This is a really fun series too. Some more Sunbelt action and the Sunbelt is just a really great conference this year. Uh, Texas State just coming off that series win against Southern Miss. They also had a midweek win against TCU last week, so they're on something of a hot streak. Uh, one of the best offenses in the country. They uh, Traveling to Coastal, though, Coastal's not an easy place to win. Uh, I'm going to go with the Shanta Clears in this one. Uh, uh, Coastal so far this year has not had a losing weekend, and it doesn't start this weekend. So give me Coastal. To wrap us up, let's do the marquee SEC series. You get Arkansas at LSU. This is a no-brainer. Uh, give me LSU. If this was on the road, it'd be a little bit a little bit harder to pick. But after LSU just went on the road and dominated two out of three games against AM, which is a, a pitching staff that's like pretty solid. Um, this is this LSU pitching staff has um, just been crazy lately. I I can't do anything but pick against Paul Skeens. I mean, I, I would I would be shocked if I picked against Paul Skeens. And, I don't know. So go ahead and give me LSU. I am picking Florida, Illinois, Tennessee, Southern Mist, and Coastal in my five series. And I have Maryland, Texas Tech, Wake Forest, UConn, and LSU. Ten pretty good teams right there. I'm feeling a 10-0 week, Kyle. I already put an X on one of my picks just because I'm feeling it. <laughs> It's the anti-jinx. You, you're gonna sure. get that one wrong, and so then uh, 
uh, you, you see that. Yeah, now we have five X's for Kyle. Hopefully not yeah. a premonition of what's to come. There's a few other series though I want to talk about just, uh, just ever so briefly. We have a few more ACC series I think are really interesting. Duke going to North Carolina. Duke just entering our top 50. Uh, Florida State at Virginia. Virginia's obviously been really hot to start the year. Florida State now has had a really nice road series against TCU that they've won, but also has lost to home series in ACC play already. NC State at Boston College. Boston College will be hosting uh, its first home games of the year this upcoming weekend. They had one midweek that was canceled already that was supposed to be at home. Uh, they've played one game in Brookline, which is about 10 minutes away from campus. They traveled all the way to Northeastern for that one. So they, they played a road <laughs> game that's very close to home, but uh, haven't had a, a true home game yet. There's a few SEC series we didn't talk about, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, Alabama, uh, and then some Pac-12 play, Washington State at Southern California. So lots of great baseball happening this weekend. I feel like, yeah, those are really, um, we make the rankings and we're obviously not perfect. We think we are, but it's kind of funny. We have, 37 Kentucky going to 38 Alabama and then 16 Missouri going to 14 South Carolina. We feel like those teams are right now are um, power ranked about kind of the kind of the same level. So it's it's kind of cool. For the record, I don't think we're perfect. You oh, said okay. you said we, we think we're perfect. I, I don't think I don't think we're perfect. <laughs> it's really hard to be perfect. <laughs> we're as close as perfect as possible. <laughs> yeah. You're 18 and five in the pick'em, so I feel like, you know. That's pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, but I'm gonna ride this high. Like even if I have a few losing weeks, it's gonna t- it's gonna be really hard for me to to knock too far down. So I'm feeling pretty good about where I'm at. I'm gonna try and zero and five you one of these times. Last up on the podcast, let's do a quick little something or nothing RPI edition. We're at the time of the year, Kyle, when we can start thinking about RPI. First off. In case there's ever any new listeners, we hate RPI. I feel like we've said this so many times in the podcast, but like I don't want you thinking we're here out to to build up the RPI as some beautiful metric. It's not, but it's used by the committee, and so we're going to talk about it. And I have three topics. One's about a conference. Two are about individual schools and their RPIs, and we're going to decide whether it's something or nothing. So I'll take a stab at this first one. Conference RPI, in theory, is not a metric that the committee uses, but in practice, there is at least a correlation between a conference's RPI and how many teams they get in the postseason. Right now, Conference USA is sitting at 11th in conference RPI. Is that something or nothing? And I said I'll take a stab at this one first. I'm going to say, surprising myself, nothing. (laughs) And the reason why I'm going to say that is, well, I mean, first off, let's let's do the devil's advocate side of this. So they're behind the Big Ten, the Big East, Missouri Valley, West Coast, Colonial, uh, and then amongst some of the other college baseball powers. Uh, so that's not great that they're behind those conferences. Another thing that's working against them is the fact that it's really hard to get multiple bids to the NCAA tournament unless you're top 10 in conference RPI. Again, it's not something the committee explicitly looks at necessarily. But over the years, very few conferences that are below 10 in conference RPI get multiple bids. It's like maybe one per year can do it. And so when you're looking at Conference USA, Conference USA is a conference where none of the teams in this conference, like there, there are many teams in this conference that you're like, oh yeah, I could see them making the tournament. Like UTSA, it feels like they should. They're 18 and four. Dallas Baptist, yeah, we're used to them being in the tournament. Even Rice right now above 500. Charlotte has been a tournament team in recent years. Louisiana Tech, FAU. There's a lot of teams in here that you're thinking like, why aren't, you know, are are none of these teams going to make it besides the automatic qualifier? Possibly. I'll finally get to my punchline, my thesis for this. (laughs) 
Conference USA's non-conference winning percentage is 570 right now, which is actually better than four of the conferences in front of them, five of the conferences in front of them. As they start playing each other more, I think that is going to drive their conference RPI up. So I think we should expect Conference USA to end up in the top 10. How high they can get will kind of depend on some of the midweek action. I would really expect them to finish the year more like seven or eight in conference RPI and then get maybe two teams into the NCAA tournament. How, what do you think? Anything to add on that? No, that sounds pretty good. I think I think last year, didn't they get four teams into the tournament? Was, yes, but then was a, two of those teams left. left the conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and those are in the Sun Belt now, I think. So yeah, that's... um. Maybe the Sun Belt will have more teams, and I mean that's they're showing that they're showing why they have they're in the f- fifth in the conference RPI right now. Sun Belt is for 16. real. Sun yeah. Belt is a baseball conference right now. That's for sure. That's uh, that's exciting to have another to replace the the Big Ten and the Power Five here. Something or nothing, Kyle. I'll let you have this one first. Currently, the UCLA Bruins are sitting at number one in the RPI. What do you think? Uh, that's something that's really cool. Should help the, uh, the PAC 12, um, maybe get some more teams in the, in the tournament this year, if they have a higher conference RPI. Um, and that will, that will help just because if you have a team that's high up there with a good record, you'll, it'll just play into the, like the formula with the other teams that they play as soon as conference play gets started more. Um, they have a a really good shot getting the number one overall seed, but they're going to have a hard time, uh, knocking off some sec teams ahead of them and some some other acc teams ahead of them but i don't know i think it's really cool it's, i don't know it doesn't have to be something or nothing it can just be something that's cool <laughs> so while you were talking i i've done a little bit of research and something that i think is pretty darn interesting so i'm explaining this question to where you where you were taking it if you look at the teams in the pac-12 the 11 baseball playing schools there uh, nine of them are in the top 100 in, in RPI as individuals with just USC and Oregon State outside of the top 100. Uh, with the SEC, none of them are outside of the top 100. And in fact, none of them are outside the top 60. Ole Miss is currently last at 58. Uh, the ACC has Pitt sitting at 226, but the rest of them are in the top 70. The Big 12 has Baylor at 201, Kansas at 142, and Kansas State at 111. And the Sun Belt has a handful of schools outside of the top 100, Georgia State, James Madison, Marshall, South Alabama, Arkansas State, and ULM. Why does that matter? Well, when we're talking specifically about UCLA, which is what this question was originally about, coming up on Pac-12 play, none of their opponents really are going to be drags on their RPI. Uh, everyone right now in the Pac-12 currently has a winning record. RPI is all kind of around the top 100. So when I see UCLA at number one in the RPI right now, I'm going to say that's a something because with their upcoming strength of schedule, I think it's very reasonable that UCLA stays up there. Or mm-hmm. like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see top five UCLA at the end of the year. And obviously that has huge implications on where they're going to be seated along with like how they do in the pack 12. Like if they end up at first or second and a top five RPI, that's, I would say basically guaranteed top eight seed right there. And so I'm saying that's a something, which is, it's pretty early to start saying, saying something is a something when it comes to RPI, right? It's a little bit of an early time to be talking about this, but when you're number one, your strength of schedule is good. Your upcoming strength of schedule is good. You've won 83% of your games. Like, yeah, like there's a story playing out here. That's a good one for UCLA. Yeah, a chance at two top eight seeds for 
for the Pac-12 and UCLA and Stanford. Stanford needs to bounce back a little bit from their series loss to USC, but USC, I don't know, might be coming back soon. I don't know. They're, they're t- number two right now, and they they won both of their early series, so there's a chance. Yeah. Last up, TCU is sitting at 38 in the RPI. We've talked a little bit about the Big 12 already. TCU has uh, lost their first series. Big 12 play really has only just gotten started. It's hard to make a lot of conclusions about who's going to finish where in the Big 12. Is, it th- is that something or nothing for you, Kyle? 38 in the RPI for the Horned Frogs. Uh, it's a little concerning. Yeah, I'll go I'll go with something. I mean, they, it's it's weird. It's just maybe the RPI is a little bit weird. Um, they came in with sky-high expectations, I feel like, on the year. Not sky-high. They came up with with top three in the Big 12 expectations, at least. Um, Apparently, they're and, in last. Yeah, well, <laughs> one and two. <laughs> uh, no one got swept opening week in a Big 12 play. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned about them. They they did well at Shriners. They did pretty good at the College Baseball Showdown. Only lost to Mizzou, who's now... Uh, on a on a bit of a tear, but then they lost that series to Florida State at home. Lost a few games, like a few midweek games here and there, and lost that series to OU on the road. They have a chance. I mean, they'll they'll probably sweep Kansas this week, but they got some pitching issues that might worry them. That that, that will worry some fans. But I don't know. I think I think I said something. I'm gonna switch it to nothing. I think I'm leading nothing. And the reason why is that they're only 11 and nine and their RPI is 38. Like that's pretty good. Right. Like, like yeah. there's a, there's a scenario where you're 11 and nine and your RPI is 183. And you're like, how are we going to get a top 50 RPI? Like, you know, you, you just don't have a path mm-hmm. forward for them. I think they did a really great job scheduling so that they could have some early season hiccups. I mean, they won, they've won some big games, right? Like it has been a while, but beating Vanderbilt and Arkansas, that's how baseball works. That's how resumes work is that it stays with you on your resume. Like that is always going to be part of their RPI. So like that was that that was they did well to schedule well and win a couple of games against good teams uh, because the Big 12 has reasonably strong teams in it this year. I think that we can expect their uh their RPI probably to increase if they win games. So I'm going to say it's nothing because TCU controls their own destiny is basically where I'm at with this. Currently, their nine conference strength of schedule is number 10 in the country. When you factor in their one conference series, they're overall at number nine in strength of schedule. Their opponent winning percentage is 61%. So like they're, they're playing tough teams. You want to beat good teams. That's like the goal, right? But going 11 and nine against good teams, there's a lot worse scenarios to be if you're a Horned Frog fan. And thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. If you enjoyed this, review it and share it with somebody. And maybe you can get them hooked on college baseball too. College baseball is more fun when you watch it together. Check out our socials at collegeballnet and our website, collegebaseball.info. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.